on now. No rules. I agree. Call it off, E. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. A threesome with rules is not a threesome. It's a nightmare. Hello! I'm just kidding, guys. I'm not going to do that to you this week. Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from San Francisco, California. We're talking this week about threesomes. Three's Company, Episode 6 of Season 3, iconic Entourage episode. Had to have my good friend Mike Tamerlingo back. We had him on last season for Oh Mandy. He was the most requested guest to have back on. He's a funny, funny, funny dude. Recently, he's gone super mega-viral for a couple of tweets, most notably his tweet about Kawhi Leonard saying, Apple time, Apple time. So Mike and I talked about what it's like to go viral. We also talked about threesomes. We talked about Sloan. We talked about Eric, and we talked about Vince finally standing up for himself this episode, which was pretty awesome to see. Thanks to everyone that's been leaving five-star reviews. I've gotten some really positive five-star reviews recently. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review in your podcasting app. Don't forget to listen to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah music playlist. It's in the show notes of today's episode. And if you're not, follow us on social media, at Oh Yeah Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Quick programming note, since Monday is Labor Day, the next episode, episode 7 of season 3, will not be airing until next Wednesday. So you're going to get a little bit of a break. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. So once again, the next episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah will not air on Monday, September 2nd. It will be airing on Wednesday, September 4th. Take some time, go back and listen to some of your favorite Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah episodes. We've got a lot of great stuff coming for the back half of Season 3A. So just want to make sure that's all squared away for you guys. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Talking threesomes with Mike Tamerlando. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. He is back. We had him on for O Mandy in season two back in May. Since then, he has gone on to instant viral Twitter fame. He also is the creator of 60 Second Classics on Twitter and is a former writer and cast member of MTV's Joking Off. Mike Tamerlando, welcome back to the Entourage podcast, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me, JR. It was great last time. And, you know, I got to tell you, since going viral, my life has not changed at all. <laughs> nobody nobody has offered me any money or jobs. Uh, just a lot of heart palpitations. So it's, yeah. it's uh, interesting. I recommend it to nobody. Yeah, that dopamine rush of <laughs> getting like a viral tweet off is amazing. And then you just feel so depressed afterwards. <laughs> oh, the amount of times like over that whole weekend where I was trying to delete it. And my wife is like, what are you trying to delete it for? She's like, isn't this what you want when you tweet? I'm like, I don't know what I want anymore. <laughs> I don't. I my don't whole know. world is upside down. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to make you relive it. It sounds like you have some PTSD. <laughs> no, but for no, those, no. those listeners who may not be familiar... Mike is responsible for the Kawhi Leonard tweet about Kawhi eating apples, <laughs> which is insane. Can you walk us through the entire... I mean, I'm sure you're not going to walk us through the thought process of the tweet. Cause like most I, will, tweets, I will walk you through the thought process because it, it takes about 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was around the time. It was like the height of the NBA playoffs. And yep. there were, two, I think, two stories that came out. Um, on Friday, like Thursday or Friday, one was in the athletic and one, I think maybe sports illustrated or whatever. But one of them was that like detailed story about him saying Boardman and, yep. and Boardman gets paid. And there's this other story about him in like the weight room where he's saying shit. And it was so fucking weird. 
And so I woke up Saturday morning. I was reading kind of it. I was pretty hungover. And I was like, oh, that'd be funny. Like, what's a funny Kawhi thing? And then I just, for whatever reason, I thought it was funny to have him at like a steakhouse and pulling out a bag of apples. <laughs> I wrote it. I put a screenshot. And I was just like, whoa, this is wild. Expecting my usual, you know, 10 to 20 likes. And yeah. uh, it just it just went from there. And most, let me say, most people, I'd say 50% of the people got the joke right away. Yeah. But the amount of people who had had journalists next to their name who were like, oh, man, this guy's really wild. It's like, dude, guys, come on. Well, that's the problem with sports media in general is everyone has to be first to something. So they mm-hmm. just saw that. It looked official, and they shared it. And in order to say, like, look at this story I'm breaking. But, man, I remember seeing it. I remember hearing it quoted on some podcasts I was listening to. What, in your opinion, was – the highest honor you achieved with that? Like who talked about that tweet or who mentioned it that you really were blown away by? Wait, let me just give a shout out to Dave Cavucci. Uh, he's, he was the first person to retweet it. So okay, uh, David, out, yeah, shout he's out on the David, pod man. three times. So <laughs> yeah, man. So shout out to him. I think the funniest part of the whole thing is that people have no clue where it came from. Like it will be in people's profiles. It will say Apple time, random people, like some guy on sports center said Apple time. And it's like, yo, fucking guys i'm looking for a job like come on this is you know what i mean like i it, it's kind of like uh I'll, I'll just take it created by credit that's all i need there you go and some guy did make t-shirts and he sent me one which i thought was nice that's pretty cool um, yeah hopefully he makes a lot of money off it and puts his kids through college while mine starve <laughs> i'm not trying to one up in any way because you one up me with that story but i had mild fame maybe two months ago when everyone was using that face time app or what is it called like oh yeah like the old person one the old person app and i just put up a picture of the boys the entourage and i left drama unaged because he's always liked such like a his age is so abstract and i posted it and i think that's probably the biggest viral fame i've achieved because jerry ferrara shared it dod allen shared it and it, it made it to like the front page of some celebrity gossip site and a bunch of celebrities were commenting <laughs> underneath it about how the face age app had to stop and that this is the worst thing that's happened to them and i i felt <laughs> a little bit of pride but then was like what am i doing with my life <laughs> yeah that's the kind of thing is like you created that and it went viral and it's like once it gets out of your hands, it you can't do anything about it. Like yeah. people are, I had another recent one where I made fun of Neil deGrasse Tyson because he was being a moron, and then like yep. the whole thing turned into like gun control in my comments oh, section. I'm like, no, guys, that's not. The joke isn't about gun control. The joke is this fucking nerd doesn't know timing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like once you, but once you send it out there, it's and there's nothing you can do. My. Can we surmise that it's because of your appearance on Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage podcast <laughs> that you got so hot all of a sudden on Twitter? Because it happened like a week and a half later. It did. It all coincided around the same time. The Oh Yeah podcast and the NBA stuff. It just, you know, talking about Mandy Moore really got my blood pumping. So I think that was it. I get it. Well, we're happy to have you back. Why don't, uh, why don't we dive in? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're talking about episode six of season three, Three's Company. I mean, also known as the threesome episode, right? Like, when you say to someone, like, oh, I'm rewatching Entourage, I'm, I'm watching the episode where E has a threesome, everyone kind of knows which one you're talking about. So this aired on Sunday, July 16th, 2006, the same night, the 14th annual ESPY Awards took place in Los Angeles, the best male athlete, Mike, Lance Armstrong. That doesn't wow. end very well. Lance, Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, he he was using somebody else's blood, but he still had to pedal. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. These are, I'll be honest, and this is 
I'm being very transparent right now. Uh, this is the hardest part of my podcast. Trying to find an event that took place the week of an Entourage episode is damn near impossible. Because Entourage always aired over the summer. Right, It always yeah. aired like June to August. So nothing ever was really happening. It was just baseball season. And then it's always like some horrible disaster. And I'm like, well, I don't want to talk about Katrina <laughs> on the podcast. It just Oh, yeah. There's always like a natural disaster in August. I know. So... Let's let's talk about the episode. <laughs> Quick recap. So the showdown between Vince and the studio intensifies over Aquaman 2 versus Median. Adding to Ari's aggravation, Vince is refusing to talk to him until he lands Johnny Drama a role. Eric gets the offer of a lifetime when Sloane suggests they get together with her friend Tori for a threesome. After the trio spend a night together, Eric wakes up to find himself spooning Tori instead of Sloane. Alan Gray, the head of Warner Brothers, plays hardball with Ari, threatening to shut off access to all of their projects for all of his clients if he fails to deliver Vince. And a last-minute audition for drama that was procured by Lloyd finally opens up the line of communication with Vince, but it's too little too late. Ari delivers the news that Vince doesn't want to hear. Medean is off the table. The role has gone to Benicio Del Toro. After Ari convinces him that he has no choice, Vince finally agrees to do Aquaman 2. But when Vince fails to show up for a breakfast with the studio chief the next day, the offer is rescinded, leaving everybody's future in extreme doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get all like dramatic there. Oh wow, yeah, you should put some like uh, E60 music or something under that. Yeah, yeah, I should. That's a good call. I'm gonna put some like uh, some like ominous music under that one. <laughs> what, Mike, what was your favorite moment overall from this episode? Wait, can I just ask a question? Yeah, I, I think we talked about this last time. Median is Median, right? Yeah, it's like, Median. Like, Medi- but, Median, yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like there was a, like three episodes where there everyone was calling it Medellin, and then yeah. they like shortened it, and like maybe someone was like, "Hey, that's not how you're supposed to pronounce that." I'm not trying to call you out. I'm saying the episode changes the pronunciation of it. And I'm just reading it based off of how it's written. Like I'm honestly not familiar with what it is. I just am. You know, because it's like an, I think it's like the season before where they're like, "Oh, everyone wants to do Medellin," and it's like, <laughs> yeah. like 14 syllables. <laughs> So I don't know, but uh, yeah, everyone was trying to put their own like South American like spin <laughs> on it. <laughs> Speak it as it's written, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry. Sorry. What was your oh favorite moment? Yeah. I, this is another one. I know that we did this last time. This is such like a, a drama heavy episode to me. Yeah. I, I think he's so great. I mean, even the beginning, it opens up with him playing like the Godfather game. I now invite you to be reborn. As one of us. Thanks, bro. You are now one of our qualified men. It just sums up his character and like how he fits in with the group so well. Yeah. And that was another like instance of, and I, and I talked about this with Jeff Eisenband, who's an announcer for the NBA 2K League. Entourage was so ahead of its time with video gaming. Yeah. That Godfather game was like, that was the first time anyone had seen that game. So it was basically like a marketing ploy by Entourage. Right, and it's like the first time one of those games is like actually a movie in a game. Like, have yeah. you seen have you seen the new NBA 2K whatever? I'm like, is this a video game or a fucking movie? It's like a full length thing. It's a full trailer. How crazy would it be if Apple Time made it into NBA 2K? I'd love it, and I'd be like, hey, I was the guy who made that, and they'd be like, who? Stop tweeting at us. Like, it, it would be great. But yeah, shout out Jerry Ferrara, dude. He's like big into gaming and stuff. So oh he yeah, was, he's a. I think he runs his own NBA 2K team, and he might be the VP of, of one of the organizations there. He's, he's killing it. It's all tied together. So I actually really liked... Vince had a good episode. Vince has like kind of been on, in, on the, uh, in the background for the last couple episodes, but in last week's episode and this episode, he kind of starts to assert himself a little bit. So there are two moments. 
that I really liked. The first is when he has his moment of of wisdom with E in the Hustler store. Look, I've had threesomes where both girls want to watch me with the other, and I've had threesomes where I have one girl who I need to be a little more protective of. In the long run, the girl you have to be more protective of is the girl you want to be in a relationship with, not the girl who's begging you to bang her best friend. Look, Sloane's a good girl. You have a good time. Make sure she knows she's the one in first position. There's some genuine truth to that which i kind of appreciated yeah because you you know every guy is like oh i wish i could have a threesome or whatever but you don't you don't want the person who you're in a relationship with to be like too far over the line or else it's like wait a sec like you know what happened to missionary mondays like i thought we had something on our own you know like what's happened like you're too wild for me yeah mike we're both married and like i'm i don't know what your (laughs) i don't know about your sexual proclivities but like if my wife were to be like hey let's have a threesome i'd be like oh cool absolutely but if she were to be really into having a threesome i'd be like let's pump the brakes yeah i'd be like where have you done this before (laughs) what is happening (laughs) i had one more vince moment unless you had something you wanted to i mean i have a i have a a bros being bro moment is that like a different category that's a different category let me do let me do i mean it doesn't really matter (laughs) (laughs) i'm very formal with the categories it's all good it's all good some people are really sticklers about the categories they apologize they're like i'm really sorry but this goes into the category (laughs) hate to bring this up now but my last one um and i talked about this last week about vince really sticking to his principles it's at the very end of the very end of the episode when ari kind of confronts him and is like you can tell alan i will show up Every day, and I will bust my ass like I've always done, but I don't want the 12.5 million. I want the seven that we agreed upon. I don't want to be indebted to some douchebag. Vinny, he has other movies. I don't care. I'll never work with him again anyway. I don't care if he offers me a billion dollars. Do you understand? Vince! I'm done. Kids got principles, huh? It's nice. It's a little... It's a little on the nose. It's a little say Like, oh, boy, Vince sure has principles, doesn't right. he? But... It's a nice character trait of his, I think. That's it's funny, and this is what we talked about last time. Maybe it's because of my personal experiences, but I always get pissed when people turn down things. I'm like, I'm like Vince, just suck it up and go to the movie for twelve five or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But but it's right. It's like he's showing that he doesn't care, and, and I and I get that. But I'm like, dude, just do the movie. Come on. Yeah. Because we we talked about this, we'd sell our souls in a second for <laughs> for a tenth of that yeah. cost. I'll go do a movie for a year and an yeah. for twelve hundred twelve thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. All right, Mike, what was your favorite bros being bros moment from this episode? There's some really good ones. Sorry. Yeah, I think the one that I wrote down was just when, like, um, E is getting ready to go out for his threesome and, like, how excited everyone is. And, (laughs) you know, they're all giving him advice. And, you know, Vince takes a picture and a turtle gives him his porn and, you know, drama's doing his shit. Look at this guy. Nancy. Oh, what are you going to your senior prom? Fuck off. They made a D from Dakota call to confirm. Dakota, huh? Leave it to this guy to wine and dine a threesome. <sighs> it's from my private reserve. Just in case you have a problem getting it started, that'll warm everybody up. I know you're not a big porn guy, but the innovations since the DVD are pretty amazing. Remember back in the day, you'd be tugging it, and they cut to a close-up of the guy's face, and you wanted to kill yourself? Never again. Multi-angles. <laughs> Good tip, Turtle. Turtle, grab a picture. This is before. You better bring home the after. I just think that's like something that would happen. Like if one of your buddies was like, hey man, I'm about to have a threesome, we'd all be like, you know, all right, no no direct eye contact with this person. You got to yep. do this. Like this is a sweet way to fucking unclip a bra, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like stupid shit that you would all try to throw in your two cents. It'd be like a pre-game breakdown from like three of the least reliable sources yeah, on the exactly. planet. I mean, probably besides Vince. Like I'm sure E would listen to Vince's advice, but I'm not taking Turtle and Drama's advice for how to have a threesome. Yeah, I mean, Turtle's advice was funny. It was like, if you can't get it going, 
Like, watch this. It's like, dude, I don't think getting it going with Sloan and uh, whatever that actress's name is going to be a problem. Yeah, E even says to Turtle and Drama as they're walking down the street, like, You know what? I don't even know why I told you guys this. This is between me and my girlfriend. No, this is between you, your girlfriend, and a complete stranger. And of course you tell your best friends. You might have some wisdom to impart. Listen, the only threesome you guys have ever had involved each other. I don't want any of that wisdom imparted. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. a callback to the uh, Sundance episode when they cross swords, as uh, Turtle says. Yeah. Any other bros being bros moments you had? Um, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You mentioned it a little bit before, but like when they walk into the like the porno store, and again, this is maybe in drama's category. He just has such a funny line. He's like, uh, "Well, what are we doing? I thought we were going to book soup." No, that was a ruse. This is gonna happen. We gotta get you prepared, baby. Grab a basket. What are we, a path mark? <laughs> you know, and it's just like so funny and it's so, they're all doing their own thing, but they're just talking. That's when Vince imparts his wisdom. I, yeah. I think it's like the whole section of them like pumping him up beforehand of like doing the pros and cons. And then when he decides to do it, being like, all right, you got this, you got this, which I think is good. It's like, that's how you would talk to your buddy. You'd be like, I don't know if you should do this. And then when he says he's going to do it, you're like, dude, you got it. I agree. One other bros being bros moment for me is the beginning of the episode when they all go out for their guys. Oh, night, yeah, yeah, And they run into Sloan. And then Turtle and Drama are, like, genuinely pissed about it. So what? You can't have a fun guy's night out with me? Ah, we love you, Sloan. You know that. But it's the law. You don't invite your girl on a boy's night out. It's a little meat-heady, but there is some truth to that. Like, if you and your three buddies are around to just, like, hammer beers at a bar, if one guy brings his girlfriend unannounced, if the girlfriend shows up, that's a... That's a faux pas, in my and opinion. And it's funny, it's funny too, how they just clearly don't trust E, like, with his girlfriend <laughs> and chick, because they're yeah. like, even after he's like, I didn't tell her to come in, they're like, yeah, right, dude. Like, we all know that person who's like, you probably told your girlfriend or whatever to meet us here. Yeah. Oh, I definitely know that person. Yeah. But it's also funny, it also shows the size of LA, because there really are only, like, five or six places to hang out in Hollywood. Yeah. Really. Um, what was your least favorite moment from the episode? Anytime... This is throughout the series, I guess, but anytime they're at the, at the agency and there's like other agents involved or like, yeah, I know they're, they're just kind of giving a springboard for Ari to yell at and that can be funny, but I just don't care about any of them. All I care about is Ari and Lloyd and it's like, you know, he's like yelling at everyone to get drama a job and, and Ari has some funny lines, but I just don't care about any of it you know you see some of these background actors and you're like is that a reality star like you know they're just some of these roles are just people that are floating around hollywood and it's like do we need to see this yeah well it's funny that you point that out because one of them faces in the crowd award this week it's jason sklar he's one half of the comedy duo the sklar brothers uh, and they come back i mean they have that whole that whole episode where they're like banging each other one of them's banging the other one's wife or something yeah that's and that's like season six or seven <laughs> again those guys i'm sure they're fine but that i just wanted to jump off a bridge when that scene was happening yeah i, I agree with you uh, he's like question uh no locks at staff meetings now Ari. cost cutting until we get into the new offices there will be locks in the new year trust me until then enjoy the gourmet chicken salad it's like come on but that's I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. interesting because like that dude and his brother have like three stand-up specials two on comedy central one on netflix they hosted an espn show like they're not nobodies and it's right. just funny to see them collecting a paycheck and entourage yeah and i think that's kind of speaks to kind of the show at the time how big it was it's like people just wanted to get on that show so if you had a client who was you know they were probably crushing at the time but it's like hey we can get you on the show and get you two lines you know get you paid and yeah why wouldn't you yeah 100 percent. it's not it's not their fault that um, i just don't <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we didn't like seeing them <laughs> yeah 
I don't like your faces. <laughs> One day of work for them back in 2006, and it's getting shit on on a podcast yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, hey, you guys want to watch my web series on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real good life, Mike. <laughs> There's a tiny little e moment that I really didn't like. It's when they when they get home from the bar and Drama and Turtle are complaining about how Tori was told to them. Did you hear what she said when I offered to buy her a drink? No, what? No, thank you. Oh, what a bitch. And then Sloan calls and E like freaks out. All right, guys, this is Sloan, so stop. Didn't we just see her? How whipped is this guy? Like, and it's very yeah. clear he's like super insecure. It's like, whoa, dude, like, chill out, like. Your buddies aren't going to shit-talk your girlfriend while you're on the phone with her. Like They're not scumbags. And Sloane is, like, repeatedly shown as being, like, the coolest chick ever. Like, she doesn't give a shit. Like, she yeah. knows they're morons. And I feel like that pops up in another episode, too, where, where E is, like, she wants to go away with him to, like, Napa. And yep. Vince wants to go. And he's like, no, we got to... We'll have him, like, put through a test. And he's like, no, you know, he pins everything on Sloane. It's like, dude... You just want to, like, you know, fucking dry hump your girlfriend by yourself. You can just say it. You don't have to, like, blame everything on her. I feel like he always blames her for shit. Oh, yeah. And Sloane is definitely, like, the ideal male fantasy girlfriend because she just... First off, this is the first episode she's been in in, like, four episodes. She just kind of pops in when needed, looks amazing, and wants to have threesomes with the guy. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little... She's pretty low maintenance, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, great episode for lines. There's some good drama lines, some good Ari lines. Which ones were some of your favorite? All right, I think I already said this one, but when they walk into the porn store and drama goes, grab a basket. <laughs> uh, and it's just so matter of fact. He's just such a good actor, the way he delivers yep. everything. Um, when I think these are all drama, drama lines. Well, no, I have a couple of Ari ones too. Yeah, when E comes out wearing a suit before his threesome, uh, drama goes, where are you going? Your senior prom. <laughs> uh, which is such a great line to just get in someone's head. Like, that, I guess that would be a good bros, being gr- uh, bros moment as well because I just remember just being in college and it didn't matter what anybody would wear. Like when they would come out of the room, we'd be like, dude, you really wearing that shirt tonight? Yeah. And like <laughs> everybody would just pile on. They'd be like, what? what what's what, there's no good with the stripes? And it's just like, it's so easy to do that. Just get under their skin a little bit and just put it in their head. They're already nervous enough. <laughs> it's so funny too. Cause like, just, you know, not to be like guys do this and women do this, but women just, they don't do that. Like I'm no. like, I talked to my wife, I'm like, you're really just like bust your girlfriend's chops about what they're wearing. She's like, no, they're my best friends. Why would I do that? I'm like, I don't know. We just make each other cry. I guess the inverse of that is that they like prop each other up with very fake compliments, though. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's well, they would say it's not fake. I thought, you know, it depends on who you are, I guess. Sure. But they, sure. they do prop each other up and don't tear each other down, which I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that kind of friendship. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> um, the one where another drama line where he says it's in the beginning, where I think Turtle says like, "You know, this is the closest you're ever gonna come to working with an Academy Award winner." Yeah, nice try, Turtle. But I guess the three episodes of A Different World that I did with Marissa Tomei were just a figment of my imagination. No, that's it, a, it's just a callback to his weird career that like is all over the place. <laughs> but that that makes me laugh every time. They I think they do it a lot, but they could do that every episode. Yep. It would make me laugh because it's it's always using real people, um, but in sometimes real shows. I, I guess they always use real shows. But yeah, they always use real shows. Obviously, what's his name was never on it. Like they're you know, pack blue or pack sun or whatever yeah. would be in it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Ari has a great line at the beginning where he goes, dinner was great. Tell drama. He's on my to-do list right after inserting needles in my cock. Yeah, I have that. That's so funny. <laughs> 
when I don't know when this was. I guess it was when I think it must have been when E tells Drama and Turtle that they want to have a threesome with him. So what you said was cute. Me. <laughs> you. Why would she tell Sloan she thinks you're cute? Because they're drunk and she told Sloan we should have a threesome. So why aren't you in your car right now? Because they're fucked up and it's a joke. No woman should ever joke about that. No, they should not. That was tr- that was Drama who says that. Drama's yeah. had all the great lines this week. Yeah. And then Ari had one where he said, You know what? It's too late for sorries. Vince is out. Jake Gyllenhaal is in. Brokeback motherfucking Aquaman. Take that, bitch. Which was, which was pretty funny. Two more quick lines. One from Vince. Don't fuck with the boys from PS 154. I love the callback to the New York public schools. It just yeah. kind of gave you... If I was still living with my three friends from elementary school, we'd probably mention the elementary school every once in a while. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice touch. And then you mentioned when Ari's yelling at the agents to find Johnny Chase a job. Any job. I don't care if it's a porn shoot in which he is being gang-raped by a gaggle of silverback apes. If there are cameras rolling... Everybody wins. Ten grand to anyone that can deliver this to me today. Absurd. Could you imagine someone saying that to their employees today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about music. Every week we have every week we talked about our favorite songs from this week's episode of Entourage. We have a Spotify playlist in the show notes of today's episode where we uh, add all those songs. So go listen to that playlist, download it, subscribe, whatever. Any songs jump out at you from this week, Mike? Uh, honestly, no, but maybe that's just my stupid ears. You know, I'm not great at picking up, uh, how you say music, um, (laughs) but, uh, you tell me and I'll be like, oh yeah, I know that song. I get most of my music from car commercials, so I'm not that smart. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) You know what? To be honest, this is not a strong music episode. We've had a couple good ones in a row, but yeah, the old, the old Mandy one was pretty strong. Yep. I do, I do remember Oh Mandy ending on something really good, if I don't remember off the top of my head. Most of the episodes end on a strong song. So during the threesome scene with Eric, Tori, and Sloan, there's a song Do It To It by Sean Paul, which is, it aged, it aged itself as I was watching it in real time in 2006. <laughs> like I, watching it now, I was like, oh man, the song is old and bad. <laughs> so that's like, that's a thumbs down for me. And then... In the end of the episode, when it's like the breakfast meeting with Universal, it's Fallout afterwards with like Ari and E talking on the phone, and then the cliffhanger of E pulling up and being like, No, Vince, we're the ones who are fucked. There's a song called Keep Me in Your Mind by indie rock band called The Koreans. These fucking actors, they think they have all the power. Alan, Vince is a good kid. Fuck Vince, Ari. And fuck you. Okay, then. Why this song is so interesting is because it is on no streaming services, and it's long considered one of the better songs that's played in these early seasons of Entourage. So if anyone has the ability to watch it on YouTube, listen to it on YouTube, listen to Keep Me In Your Mind by the Koreans, because it's a good one. All right, I'm going to look it up. Wait, can you not? You can't find it, you said? You just can't listen to it on, like, uh, Spotify or... You get some like, weird like YouTube version of it, right? Yeah, you can just find it on YouTube, which is fine. It's just not you you'd think at this point in time every song would be readily available. What um what references were made that seemed a little outdated to you in this episode? I mean, this isn't really a reference, but just just kind of like tw- 2006 versus 2019 when sure. when um you know, when he's going to do his threesome thing whatever. Turtle hands him a DVD of porno. 
and he's like, hey, man, like, watch this if you need to get jacked up. And it's just like <laughs> the, 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 the idea of somebody having an actual DVD of porno. Like yeah. today, if someone had a DVD porn, you'd be like, dude, are there like bodies in your freezer? Because you're fucking psycho. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a psycho move. <laughs> I even think about that when people, you know, every now and then you hear about people who are like truly pay for porn. And you're like, yeah. I don't think you have to do that, man. Like, it's pretty easy. Yeah, just get it for free. And there man. are what they call freemium models now, where you can just pay a little bit. <laughs> you don't have to decide. <laughs> yeah, so Turtles got a stack of DVDs in his bedroom, and uh, yeah, it's it's a weird look for sure. And he's like bragging about the uh, like the camera angles and shit, which is funny. <laughs> it's funny line, and it aligns with the ter- the turtle character, but totally agree. It doesn't age. A little outdated. We always talk every week about how how would this plot be different in 2019. The porn thing, that definitely falls. But I, I wanted to talk about just the idea of a threesome with you. Yeah. Because maybe it's because of just, like, the transparency of the internet or just everyone's, like, sexual fluidity being on display today. But I don't really think the idea of a threesome would be that interesting for a television episode in 2019. Does that make sense to you? Like, it's interesting as in terms of a plot line for, like, men. But right. I don't think it would make for as compelling television in 2019. Yeah, I guess in like, especially it was 2006, it's like, you know, that's like the thing that guys, I guess, would aspire to. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess when you break it down, you'd be like, well, would we, would everyone really have a good time? Because I think the worst thing you'd want to do is be involved in a threesome with someone that you're in a relationship with and like it was just uncomfortable for people. Yeah. Or like, you know, Vince says you're having, she's having too good of a time or you're having too good of a time with the other person. So as like, there are a lot of like, you know, pitfalls there but um yeah i agree i think you know now it's like that shit's so much more common to talk about at least and people are you know that's like a thing that you could probably bring up on a a network tv show when in 2006 that's much more of a uh you know cable show or, or premium cable and you add in the fact that it's you know e who's like the classic everyman in the sense that he's like this short irish dude from new york and his girlfriend is somehow you know, fucking Sloan, and then her friend is that is whatever her name is. Who's so you're like these two beautiful actresses, and it's just very uh, fantasy land. Yeah, um, but which makes it fun because it's like, how would you? Because he knows he's in o- over his head, no pun intended, and uh, he, you know, has to kind of figure out how to go with the flow. Which I think everybody would probably feel like, whether you're with a threesome with supermodel or just you know your wife and her friend who sells fucking socks on Etsy, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with you. And I, I think one more thing, we're kind of talking about like the network TV thing versus the table thing. In today's 2019, you know, streaming digital web series world, Ari's agency would be able to find drama a job in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> He'd call in like some favor that some showrunner owed him and be like, can you just get this guy like a good audition? Like it wouldn't take all day. Like unless those are the worst agents on the planet, you're in the middle of Hollywood, you're this powerful agent. You just need the guy to like have a day of work. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's basically working at like WME or something like crazy yeah. like that. Like they can get people work, although yeah. they haven't been answering my emails, but that's fine. <laughs> um, another, e- I know I said, I don't like scenes where Ari's like yelling at other people, but and other agents mm-hmm. but when he does hold up johnny's headshot and it's the one with the apple behind it great throwback. it's just so it's just so funny yeah it's just such a great callback and it's so subtle he doesn't pay any attention to it it's just like that's johnny drama's headshot from now on it's hilarious <laughs> uh so you mentioned her just a moment ago sloan's beautiful actress friend 
She's not an actress. She's a beautiful friend who is played by an actress. She's our Faces in the Crowd Award this week. On top of Jason Sklar, it's going to Malin Ackerman. Yes, I always forget her name. Were you familiar with her? She I don't know if I was at the time, but she's she's in she's in that movie with Danny McBride where she like turns into you know, he marries her and she turns into uh, Danny McBride doesn't marry her. Um I don't know, bad fucking, bad radio right now. But uh, someone marries her, uh, Ben Stiller marries her, and she turns into like a nightmare. So she hadn't been in any movies up until this point. The only one she'd been in up until this point in 2006 was Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Oh, okay. Where she played, um, oh God, she was like uh, dating the really ugly dude, and she wants to like, <laughs> I think it was a threesome thing with them too. Well, she is, uh, she was also in the show... It's like the dating show that the Duplass brothers do. It's like an anthro- anthology. Um, easy? That's... Easy, yes, yes, easy. She's in season two of Easy. Yeah, and uh, she, they have a threesome in that, too. God, she's just... And she gets naked. She gets naked. So she's just like... She's down for it. She's like down to... And God bless her. She's great. And she's funny, too. I like her. She's good in... Uh, I gotta find the name of this movie because it's, it's pissing me off. The Heartbreak Kid? That sounds like it's what it is. The Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's in it. Yeah. And Danny McBride's in it. He thinks he's hitched to the perfect woman. And she's yeah, another, that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right, so ready? Pick up from here. And she was in The Heartbreak Kid. And uh, yeah. she's, <laughs> but she's, she's really funny in that. And she gets like a deviated septum and shit's coming out of her nose. And uh, So yeah. since 2016, she's had a supporting role in Showtime's Billions as Bobby Atzelrod's wife, Lara. Oh. Do you watch Billions at all? I don't watch Billions, but I, f- I follow Brian Koppelman on yeah. uh, on Twitter, and he's always obviously he's talking about it. He created it, but... He's a good follow. Yeah, yeah, he is. So uh, people, people who watch that show fucking love it, though. And I'm one of those people, and I love it, but this might be one of the worst written female characters in television history she basically is like the stereotypical nagging wife that's like letting not letting the boys have any fun and she's been so negatively like received that Topman just like wrote her off the show she just like moved to california oh, wow. with the kids yeah so i don't have when i see malin ackerman on the screen i just think of her as like the annoying wife from billion so it doesn't resonate as well with me but uh she's still beautiful she's still it's naked in this episode and at the time she was like an up-and-comer yeah <laughs> The Sixth Man Award. This is a new category. We didn't have this last season when you were on. So this is just someone who comes in, makes good use of their screen time, leaves an impact, and then is gone. So who would you say won the Sixth Man Award this week? I mean, can it be a can it be like a recurring character? Sure. Cause, it can, like, be can, can Lloyd be the Sixth Man? Yeah, absolutely. Which is interesting because sometimes Lloyd is is too much of Lloyd is no, is no good. Sometimes, you know? you're right, yeah. Sometimes, but if he's the perfect amount, he's like a great foil to Ari, yep. and he can be funny. I thought he was great in this episode. I think he like gets drama that job when he comes over and. You got something for me, Ari? I don't have a job. Then I can't let you pass. Even if I got you a good audition. <clears throat> Even if Lloyd did. What do you got? It's a pilot Eddie Burns is producing. Eddie Burns? I used to play ball with Eddie Burns. He loves me. It's four young Irish boys in New York. I'm Irish from New York. And you were once young. It's the older brother. <laughs> Sounds perfect. And if you book it, I get 10,000 bucks. Yen, Lloyd, 10,000 yen. Can I come in? <laughs> and uh, I think I would say, yeah, he is, unless you say somebody who I didn't think of, which I'll probably just change my answer because I'm a moron. <laughs> so it's quite okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, he jumped out at me as like someone who had a limited role, but was it was good in it. Yeah, uh, dramas like hang back with me, Lloyd. I want to hear your big picture strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I'm actually going to give it to Alan Gray. Oh, uh, he's, yeah, the head he's of good. Wars. He's ominous. And every scene he's in, he's like putting the fear of God into Ari. And then even at the end, when they uh, show up to breakfast and Vince doesn't show, and he's just like, fucking actors. Like, they think they run the world. Well, guess what? He's done. Like, I, I liked him. He was a good bad guy this episode. And uh, there aren't a lot of bad guys in Entourage. Things tend to work out for everybody. And, and in this episode and last week's episode, he, he plays it well. What are you going to do when you can't locate me? What are you going to do when I shut this place down to you and everyone you know? How are you going to like explaining to the rest of your clients that one of the largest studios in the world no longer exists. Would, I wouldn't like that, Alan. Let me propose something to you, Ari. Something you could present to that pretty boy client of yours, if and when you find him. Okay, I'm listening. Oh, I'm quite sure you are. He does, and he's, you know he plays it well, because even I was like, yo, Vince, you really don't want to piss this guy off. Yeah. Like, I was like trying to <laughs> root him on. Like, dude, come on, don't screw this guy over. Um, I also like, that. that's a great pick. I would probably agree with you, but I'm, I'll stick with Lloyd. But um, what's her name? Dana Gordon, whenever she shows up, I, I just think she's so good. And uh, You know what? Uh, Meredith Hatterty last week chose her for last week's Sits Man Award. Because she just, every time she's on screen, she's like funny, bubbly, good sense of humor. Yeah, she's just somebody you'd be like, oh, she'd be great to like go have like eight beers with. Yeah, bunch of cocktails. Like, she's, yeah. like she's a lot of fun. She's a great follow on Instagram, too. She, she doesn't take herself too seriously, which I like. Oh, that's good. All right. <laughs> We're winding down here. Talked about favorite Johnny drama moments. Anything else jump out at you? I, I ha- All my moments are ones we've talked about already. When he's on the phone with... Um, when Lloyd calls and he's like, you know, is E there? And he's cooking breakfast. Uh, when he's, he's like, is uh, Vince there? Hello. Hey, Johnny, I have Ari for Vince. Vince is still sleeping, but I'll talk to Ari. Vince isn't available, but I have drama. I don't want to talk to drama. I want to talk to Vince. Sorry, drama. I don't have Ari anymore. You just had him for Vince. Yeah, but then you told me that Vince was sleeping, and now I lost him. But tell Vince to please call Ari when he wakes up, and I'll have him again. Oh, Vince just walked in. You got Ari now? I have Vince now. I have Ari. Can I say that you won't talk to Ari unless he talks to me? Hey, Ari. Vince. Here's Johnny. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, Drama's trying to, he's figuring out in real time that Ari's only there if Vince shows up. Yeah, he's pro- it's probably sinking in that the only reason Ari hired him was to keep his <laughs> movie star client happy. Yeah, yeah. And also Vince, Vince is much better in this episode than the, uh, than the old Mandy one, which I did before, because he's yeah. like, he actually plays someone who's relatable, who's, you know, he gets on the phone, he's like, get my brother a job, all right, just get him a job. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, way more relatable in this one. He's not as neutered in this episode. Right, exactly. Uh, new one, favorite Ari Gold moment. Oh, the uh, another one is when he goes, when Vince tells him that he'll go down to $7 million instead of twelve five. Yeah. Then they cut to him at the breakfast with uh, <laughs> with Alan, and he's like, yeah, you know what, Vince is going to come down, he'll do it for 10 instead of twelve five. <laughs> that's classic, that's classic Ari, that's classic, like, agents, like, trying to get, trying to get that extra money, you know what I always mean? Hustling. It, always hustling, always hustling. Always hustling, yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny one. Uh, there's the whole scene where Ari's on the phone with Alan and he's at his desk. It's very uh, diffable. So yeah. if that's a word, which it's not, like when Alan tells him 12 and a half, he puts it on mute and then he does this like fist pump thing, which uh-huh. is like, it's like the number one diff when you search for diffs for like entourage is, is Ari pumping his fist at his desk. And then later on in that scene, he's stomping around and he's doing 12.5 million and no one will talk to me. Nobody will talk to me. It's Alan. I think he'll talk to you. Ari, that's a rental. That's a rental. 
No. Ari, like, to tap it off, throws the mouse at Lloyd as he runs out of the office. <laughs> which, just some nice, you know, workplace uh, abuse. <laughs> yeah, he's a good, uh, you know, Jeremy Piven has a lot of great physical comedy in this show. Oh, yeah. So why, But why does he think that Vince is going to agree to 12-5? Like, why does he think that's going to make a difference? It, it doesn't seem like Vince wants to do the movie. Yeah, it's interesting. Just, I guess... Yeah, I guess he's just thinking like, oh, Vince will definitely do it for twelve five because who would turn it down? Yeah, I think I think because it's all about the money for Ari, right? This is the most money this has ever been offered. Like that'll definitely make him change his tune. And but really, later on, and I talked about it at the beginning as my being my favorite moment, he really decided levels with Vince. I'm sorry he lied to you. This is the world we live in. He also offered you twelve point five million dollars in compensation. He didn't have to do that. You have to stop doing what you're doing. All right, because if you don't, he will sue you. He'll take everything you have. He'll take the house, the cars, maybe even Turtle. I don't care about any of that, except Turtle. Thanks, Vince. He's like the voice of, it's not morality, but it's just his voice of reason with Vince. Vince is all about the principles, all about he lied to me, he betrayed me, I'll never work with him. But like, really, you have a contract, bro. Like, you need to honor it. This is... Right. And and Ari's like me and you, where we're like, take the job, Vince. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why I get, you know, I'm like, dude, just do the job. You're going to be yeah. in a movie, you make $12.5 million, and then you can tell that guy to fuck off, whatever exactly. you want. Exactly. Well, you know, principles, kid. <laughs> Last two questions. Every week we assign a winner for the episode. Who won this week's episode? There's really only one person that can be, right? So, I guess I have a question. <laughs> sure, go ahead. Because I wrote down drama, but now I'm thinking it should be E because he had a threesome with... That's who I thought it'd be. It's got to be E, right? I guess I just mean... It's got to be E. Who won the episode, in my mind, was like, who's the most entertaining, which is sure. drama? But I guess that would be that every episode. But yeah. who won the episode? Like, who came away? I mean, it's got to be E. I mean, having a threesome with Sloan and Heartbreak Kid Girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I'll go with E. He definitely won the episode. Have you ever done anything like that? No. You? What do you think? I think no, and I don't think you ever would. Are you challenging me? No, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I just don't think you would. I would. I, with you once. Once would be great. With drama being the most uh, compelling for me. Yeah. No, I mean, if if we're judging them purely on comedic merit. Drama wins every week. That's true. That's a different award, I guess. In terms of like ending up on top or having the most successful episode, Drama would not win every week. In fact, he'd probably <laughs> lose most episodes. That's true. Although he did get that Eddie Burns pilot audition, right? The audition, yeah. We're not at the pilot yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Irish from New York, and you were once young. All right, last question, Mike. If you were to give this episode a letter grade, A-list, B-list, or D-list, and you can go plus or minus, what would you assign this episode? I think it's like around the same grade I gave the last one. I don't remember what I gave the last one, but I feel like this is like a B minus. Yeah. Like I, I think it's like fine and it's entertaining. There are much better episodes and there are much worse episodes. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad way to spend twenty six minutes. It's funny. There's like an interest, kind of an interesting plot, but I, I would say like a B minus. It, it's like a fine episode. I'm going to agree with you on everything you just said, but I'm going to give it a B for only what I mentioned at the top, which is that it does have staying power. Yeah. It's not super rewatchable, but in the memories of Entourage fans, if you go, I had Mike Tamerlando on this week, we talked about the threesome episode. Everyone goes, oh yeah, the threesome, you know, E waits up cuddling the other girl, blah, blah. It just like, it kind of all comes back to you. And I think that's really important when 
judging entourage episodes, this super abstract thing that I'm doing every week. That's true. I mean, I guess it's like, I'm not kidding. I've seen this episode, you know, you know, five, six times, whenever over the course of my life. So I'm just like judging it on when I watched it yesterday. Sure. So like you said, it's not the most rewatchable one, but you know, if you did say, oh, didn't, you know, what, what do you know about, like, E's character? You'd be like, oh, didn't he have a threesome with, you know, whatever? Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, he did. That's, like, a major plot point of his character. Definitely. And later on in the show, he, like, tries anal with Sloane. Do you remember that? I vaguely. I, bl- I blacked out the later seasons. And, I mean, if if you want to bring me on in, like, season seven, <laughs> I, I, I promise you I won't give an A or a B to him. But, you know, that just... <laughs> That's just what happens with TV. I mean, you run out of things to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they basically are trying to repeat the threesome plot. And I think that's yeah. the episode, I think that's in season seven or eight where they're like, have you ever done it before? And they're like, let's try it. That's really awkward because you show them actually doing it. Yeah. I don't want to see someone who's like uncomfortable doing that. And, you know, and I, I know don't want to see Emmanuel Shriti especially be uncomfortable. Exactly. Like, like making weird faces. Like, yeah. like, are you okay? Yeah, no. Well, on that anal sex note, this has been a great episode. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, thanks for joining. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah uh, follow you? Uh, Yeah, find me on Twitter at at mcameralingo. Um, That's where I put up my dumb videos. Uh, 60 Second Classics, which is, you know, I recap an old movie in 60 seconds. And they do pretty well. The uh, super bad one I just did last week. um, Doing numbers. 20,000 views. Seth Rogen liked the one the, the thing below it, not the video, the thing below it. Okay. <laughs> it fucking sucks. So I'm like, Seth, it's right above, bro. Retweet yeah. it. Yeah. But no, they, they do do pretty well for, you know, I only have like, you know, I have under 4,000 followers. So they, they do pretty well. That one, the Karate Kid one's got like 160,000. So, you know, they're well. So if anybody has a movie request, tweet at me. And uh, I do stupid um, Kawhi Leonard tweets on there too. So perfect. You should do the Entourage movie at some point. I know. That's a, they only did one of those, right? They only did one of those. It didn't do very well in 2014. We're going to get to no. it. Don't worry, guys. Keep listening, and in three years, we'll do the Entourage movie. <laughs> yeah, wait. So this is season three. How long have you been doing this for? So this is, uh, I think this is episode about 30, and there are 96. Oh, so wow. we're a third of the way. Almost a third of the way. Lot more, Lots more good stuff to come, guys. <laughs> tell, tell Brandon I want to... I want I want my OC podcast. All right, because <laughs> right. I, I I got too much info in there. All right. All right. Thanks for joining. We'll definitely yeah, have man. you back for a, an episode soon, and uh, have a great cool. rest of your week. Awesome, man. Thanks for Thanks, having man. me. Of course.